HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to Heritage Radio Network on tour. We are broadcasting live from Feast Portland. This is the first broadcast of the day. We'll be here all day today, Friday, and all day tomorrow, Saturday. I'm Andrew Friedman. I'll be interviewing chefs both days in in tandem or uh, tag team with other members of the Heritage team. And before we kick things off, I just need to thank, on behalf of Heritage, Travel Portland, Stream PDX, and the Julia Child Foundation for making our coverage of Feast possible. And we are sitting here on a beautiful, people think of rain, I think unfairly, with the Pacific Northwest. It does rain here, but when it doesn't rain, it is spectacular, as it is today. Yeah, it's a gorgeous day. Yes. And uh, this is Mike Salamanoff. Yes, I was going to say, for people who don't recognize the voice, I was about to introduce you. This is Mike Salamanoff. First of all, I have to, well, let me introduce you properly. Mike Salamanoff, the chef from Philadelphia. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you will know who Mike is. But for those who need a refresher, Mike is the chef and co-owner of Philadelphia's Federal Donuts, Diesengoff, Abe Fisher, Goldie, And the philanthropic restaurant Rooster Soup Company. Um, which donates a hundred percent of its profits to the Broad Street Ministry Hospitality Collaborative. Uh, excuse me if I sounded a little hesitant in there. I couldn't hear myself for a second. I wasn't sure if we were still broadcasting. It's the first minute of our festival coverage. So, Mike, first of all, I think you just answered it when you introduced yourself. I recently heard a podcast with you and they referred to you as Mike Solomonov. Yes. Which is the correct pronunciation? The correct pronunciation is Solomonov. Solomonov. You know, but nobody okay. gets that. So I've accepted yeah. the fact and this is sort of like who I am a little bit. You know, uh-huh. The American pronunciation Solomonov. Yeah. Or Solomonov is fine. Okay. All of it's fine. Okay. Well when I heard it I felt bad because I've always referred to you the other way including in our last interview. It could have been so much worse and like I'm, I still have like post-traumatic stress from uh, substitute teachers in elementary school. Okay, okay. Totally butchering it, so <laughs> you're good. Okay. Totally good. So, first of all, let's, since you're the first interview of the day here, Yes. Uh, how, how, do you go to a lot of festivals? So, I don't, I feel like I do, I don't, I, I we, we try to not, we try to just go to the ones that we like really want to, or mm-hmm. the ones that um, make sense. Yeah. Uh, usually, I do like South Beach Food and Mine, and New York, um, or 
South Beach Wine and Food, New yeah. York Wine and Food. I like Lee Schreiber a lot. And uh-huh. I think he puts on, just from an organizational standpoint, yeah. I'm fascinated. Yeah. Uh, how you can t- sort of uproot so many, you know, 450 chefs. and Right. Them. But Feast is... Um, Feast is pretty magical, and Portland is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oregon is amazing. Yeah, and Mike, uh, Mike uh, Thielen, and and um, the whole Bon Appetit sort of people are yeah. awesome. So I, I love it here, and this is a good excuse for us to get to the Pacific Northwest. I know it's so great here. I haven't been out this. W- I used to come out here about once every five or six weeks when I had a normal day job. Yeah, uh, I haven't been out here in like 15, 17 years, Dude, and sick. it's so it's that first morning you wake up out here, the air is so great. The people I are was here awesome. Earlier uh, this week, actually, this is my second trip this week to Oregon, and what? the first, yeah. So we did like a kickoff kind of thing. Yeah, um, with the uh, Israeli Ministry of Tourism and the Oregon Tourism Board. Yeah. Uh, we had like a Rosh Hashanah dinner. At oh, cool! House in Pacific City, okay, which is like overlooking like the, the ocean, right? Yeah. Um, and it was crazy good. And we did a sort of a collabo uh, with John Gorham, who owns a bunch of restaurants here. Yeah. And Sam Smith, who uh-huh. as a Tusk partner. Sam. Yep. Is, Sam's Sam actually being here later today or tomorrow, but we're interviewing Sam as part of this. Yeah. So Sam and and uh, and his chef de cuisine Wes uh, were uh, Zahav alum, like the first two chefs. Oh, of I didn't restaurant. realize that. Yeah, so okay. I just had dinner at Tusk last night for the first time. And? So good. Yeah. Flawless, like perfect. So did you feel a sort of like a parental or a big brotherly sort of pride in that? I mean, I guess so, even though I'm like turning 40 in a week, so it makes me like depressed to even <laughs> think like that. But it is, <laughs> I'm just super proud. I mean, yeah. honestly, like, yeah, I, I feel invested, obviously, in their success, mm-hmm. you know, but it's really amazing to, f- to taste. I mean, because we... Before we opened Zahav, like we traveled to Israel, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, there were two chefs with me before, before Zahav existed. So, right. Um, I feel like we discovered a lot together, and to f- see and feel their style and sort of spirit in which yeah, they yeah. cook is just amazing. And or and also, the quality of produce here is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, so. it's funny because people always talk about like the Bay Area is sort of like, you know, the 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 standard bearer for that. But yeah. I've been coming. I used to come mostly to Seattle, but I used to make trips out here as well. Yeah. But you go to like some of the markets out here. It's it's, it's as crazy. good as you'll find anywhere. I agree. I mean, I think that all. And then all there's the seafood. Well, the seafood is sick, but the farmers here, I feel like, are pretty invested into into the the sort of style and spirit again of the restaurants mm-hmm. so you know there's a guy here that grows like green wheat berries like frica which yeah. is like very levantine mm-hmm. you know and it's where you under you take underripe wheat berries and you you roast them basically in the grass that they grow in yeah out in the fields you know which is a very old school dish and um the fact that there are farmers here that are interested in that is yeah. just amazing yeah but yeah i love it i really i really do love it i got to cold water surf with my seven-year-old nice you know? and i was like this is where goonies was filmed and he i didn't know that yeah. I, or I forgot it yeah. uh it's funny you mentioned though the the purveyors out here because i ran into last night you were one of the chefs there was an 80s versus 90s yep. uh event mm-hmm. where chefs did uh food that was sort of uh paying tribute or homage to right. to food of different eras and then they were paired up and then the the di- the diners i guess or the guests voted yeah and it was so it was an 80s versus 90s contest but emma benson of aquavit in new york was yeah. there and she was telling me that for the dinner that she's participating in out here she's meeting for the first time her scallop purveyor that is amazing yeah and like right, probably as you and i sit here right now they are she and her sous chef are uh, meeting this person for the first time that's amazing yeah it's amazing so i want to before we get too far in because i want to spend some time on it you met, there were, the, you were one of the chefs participating in 
a zero proof dinner yes. tonight. I'm not promoting this, by the way. It is sold out. Yeah. So if you're hearing this, in the first two minutes, yeah. Or something that went well, it makes sense that it would be sold out. So first of all, the chefs involved would sell it out anyway. There's Gabrielle Rooker, Andrew Zimmern, Sean Brock. I hope I don't mispronounce his last name. Gregory Gordet or uh, Gorday. Yeah. And then there were so the idea of the dinner is that all the chefs involved. Uh, how do we re- how do we say this? Are sober? sober. That's the right or in word. Recovery, I guess. In recovery, yeah. Um, you get the idea if you're listening to this. Uh, and the the dinner is a full dinner that there will be no alcohol served. And Evan Zimmerman, a Portland talent, <clears throat> excuse me, is serving non-alcoholic drinks, and yeah, it is he, the zero proof dinner. Right, right. So Evan's pairing. He's, he's yeah. done sort of a pairing for everything. Yeah. Um, I think that Gabriel called Andrew Zimmerman and was like, I've got this idea. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then that, and then Andrew was like, Hey man, you got to talk to, you know, and I, I've known Gabe, like we are sort of, I think we sort of started at the same time. Yeah. So the first time I met Gabriel Rucker, which she probably doesn't remember. It was this like restaurant, uh, hospitality, uh, you know, I got on some list with him. Mm-hmm. Like we were like rising stars. Mm-hmm. And we ended up meeting in Vegas. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know, 15 years, you know, so long ago. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just so funny. That was like kind of the first time we'd met. We were like in a limo in Vegas and drinking uh-huh. like Red Bulls and vodka and jumping in swimming pools. You uh-huh. know? And then to get a call from him, you know, years later and right. he, he sort of telling me that, you know, he's got this sort of new lifestyle he is in recovery and he wants to put on this dinner i mean it's just amazing have you ever i've never heard of one have you done no, a dinner this like this before first of its kind yeah uh, so what well first of all can we just talk from i, I don't want to get too heavy here first thing in the morning that's but, fine you know i have, you guys have coffee <laughs> i have you have coffee in this airstream for the love of god right <laughs> are you in desperate need of a coffee i mean if we're going to talk like Drugs, maybe I don't know. You, <laughs> it, it, you don't need to. I'm just joking. Oh, do you want my latte? Absolutely. I'll yeah, sacrifice my latte. <laughs> yeah. Give me that freaking latte. <laughs> uh, I've had a few sips, but I'm good. That's you can fine. take the lid off. You'll be fine. That's fine. I don't <laughs> actually, I mean, we're sharing. Like, I mean, we're so close quarters. It doesn't really matter. But okay. So here's what I wanted to ask you, though. I I have chef friends, um, who and people who aren't chefs, just people in the business who are you know in recovery. It is especially difficult to be in recovery and be in your business is it not you are surrounded by beverages you're surrounded by whatever might be going around after hours it's a it's very i think unique to your industry to be that surrounded by it uh yeah i mean yes and no i think that so when i was like in rehab and detox Mm -hmm. i you know there are people that had worked in the industry before yeah um but the first thing everyone's like, you aren't, you shouldn't be in this industry. Yeah, you know, you, it's too much. Yeah, and I was like, well, you know, that's also countered with the suggestion that you shouldn't make any major changes the first year of sobriety. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? I own a restaurant. Yeah, you know, what am I supposed to just like walk away from it? Right. Or fold? Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I like. Yes, I mean, there are many reasons why. Obviously, serving alcohol and having alcohol accessible. Yeah. Big one, you know, and also maybe the sort of mentality or the. Um, uh, what do you call it? Like the psyche of people that work in restaurants mm-hmm. that sort of love it, that yeah. you know are used to like either cash as servers, which is kind of dated, yeah. or line cooks that can like that love pressure, that love being yeah. neurotic. Yeah. Like it fuels a lot. On the other hand, I mean, really, truly, addiction 
affects every everybody. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. there is not one family in the U.S. that's not that hundred percent affected by this. Yeah. You know, and I think that just now we're starting to realize that like it doesn't need to be this way. I mean, just like as every other listen in the restaurants, we have dealt with gender inequality, mm-hmm. immigration, and addiction from day one. Mm-hmm. Right. And yes. it's Something that we have been really trying to change and deal with, mm-hmm. and. At one point, when I got out of rehab, I had to look at all of my, uh, and Sam was one of them. Sam was my sous chef. I called him on the way to detox mm. and said, hey, dude, just so you know, I've been hiding like a crack addiction for the past, as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long I'm going to be in detox for. And, we're, you know, we had opened Zahab. Zahab was three months old. Yeah. And I was like, hey, dude, <clears throat> you, you got this, right? So I had to come back from that, look at every single person that I'd lied to, taken advantage of, manipulated you know also managed i mean it was the yeah. like, leader and and say you know i've got this huge problem and like we need to change yeah you know and so it was like all right well i'm not serving we're not gonna have shift drinks anymore mm-hmm. in the restaurant and then mm. it was like now i mean not you to made say, that change on i your, made that change because your, it doesn't yeah. make any sense first of all it, uh, you can't just give out alcohol to your employees and, ex- and think that that's like professional right right yeah. secondly i can't be around that yes it's my kitchen it's my restaurant yeah. like i'm not gonna i'm not putting myself in that position yeah. and it's not okay in my restaurant to come in banged up mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't yeah. look cool like and i've worked in plenty of places where we do all-nighters and you know do cocaine until like it was on the way to work right. and then cook our asses off and the food is great and it was like you know and we were like badasses but that isn't that is not yeah. acceptable yeah it is not healthy I'm not going to contribute. I'm not going to enable. I'm not going to, you know, aid in people like damaging themselves or yeah. dying. And I want to be there as a mentor, as a friend, as yes. somebody that cares about these people. And yeah. like, I'm not going to, I can't contradict myself and give out alcohol. Right. Right. So, I, I mean, I feel like they're there. You just have to at one point say, dude, this is not cool. Yeah. You're not going to do it. We all want to be professional. Everybody wants to be owners. They want to yeah. be managers. Yeah. They want to have families. Yeah. You know, it starts with like, honestly, my behavior and yeah. that, and, and that, and that it had to happen. Yeah. Um, so yes, but I know plenty of attorneys. I know plenty of filmmakers. I know plenty of bankers. Yeah, sure. Everybody yeah, yeah. has it. I know plenty of normal people that, um, have never had addiction in their family that have had like some sort of back surgery that have been prescribed to Oxycontin. Yes. Oh, and then yeah. two months later they're shooting dope, you know? And it's, yeah. and it's something that we have to, um, as a society be like a little realistic about mm-hmm. and, and I think the taboo of like the junkie that you know especially like I you know in in a, I, I grew up in a in a my parents didn't drink you know not because they were like in recovery they just it wasn't part of like what they yeah. did my parents never smoked weed like yeah. they, and I just I had this bug yeah. right yeah and I think now especially like in in uh, you know like in Jewish culture like that was like th- you know, I, my birthright is to be this like doctor lawyer, right? <laughs> be well educated, yes. right? right? So it wasn't it wasn't out in the open, and and taboo I think is changing, and I think people are accepting that like these secrets, yeah. hiding this sort of thing, sweeping it under the rug, is not the way that we're going to get through this problem. Is it easier or harder to have it in the open? You know, it used someone's sobriety used to be, and in many cases still is a very personal, private thing right well, but there it, are like when i list these people who are participating in this dinner right like andrew's a huge television presence you know yeah. sh- these are all huge names yeah right and people really know some of the most intimate stuff about their lives yeah. right and i think there's all the stuff you just described i think there's a huge benefit that comes with that but <laughs> but um 
But it is very, it is sort of like being a little bit naked to the world, is it not? But does that make it easier? So like you're not hiding. You don't have to. You know, Listen, no one's I, wondering why you're not having a glass of wine. No I, one's wa- wondering I like why it. you eliminated shift drinks. The first year in recovery was awful for me because I didn't know how to like tie my shoes. Right, yeah, I didn't yeah. know how to like get anywhere, and I couldn't go to restaurants because I was like, well, how am I gonna? You know, they're gonna know, and they're gonna. I'm gonna have to right. say no, and I don't drink, and yeah. then, you know, eventually you're just like, I'm totally cool with this, and and yeah. I don't have a problem with this, yes. and I'm like. Dude, they're lucky because if I, you know, and that's the big thing. Like now, they're like, "What? You don't drink at all? Like not even a sip of wine?" And I'm like, right. "Give me a sip of wine, see what happens." Like right. I'll be back here tomorrow trying to like take money from you. Well, that's okay? the line from the great line from the West Wing when Leo says, "I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want one, I don't want one drink. It never, I want a hundred drinks." Listen, one is is never, and uh, what is it? One is too much. A hundred is right. never enough. And at the end of the day. What is it like? The the line that I used to use was that I'm allergic, and then I'm like I break out in like handcuffs yeah. and police cars. So right, you, so you. it is na- now. I think it's great because I think that people embrace it because I think people are being realistic about it. Yes, it's a little bit weird. Like I didn't go into great detail with my parents, for example. Right. Uh, and they found out like they found out. I mean, they knew that I was in detox. They knew yeah. I was in recovery. They knew I was a drug addict. They didn't read like the like the. They didn't have all the gory details. Th- they didn't have all the gory details yeah. until I decided to like be out with it and like the New York Times, right? right? So before we stop, uh, drastic gear shift. We're I'm just, stealing like, your. I'm taking your copy. You should keep. I don't right? know why you gave it back to me. You should have it. Yeah, oh, right. you didn't drink that much. Thanks. So uh, drastic gear shift. This is like speed dating today because yeah. we only have a couple minutes. Literally, you have a new book coming out. Yeah. Uh, the Zahav book was a huge success. Yes, I ha- I love it. Um, tell me t- just quickly, what's the what's the uh, uh, the elevator pitch for the new book? I don't, you know, I got to work on this elevator pitch. So <laughs> the, basically, Zahav was shot. Okay, give me the escalator version. The escalator. So Zahav was shot through the restaurant yeah. uh, as sort of being like the frame of reference. I mean, it dealt with like history, my family history, um, Israeli history, Jewish history, and then like food. What we decided to do with Israeli Soul, which is the name of the book, mm-hmm. is simply just like take the whole team that puts Zahav together yeah. and get on an airplane and go to Israel and shoot and then come back and say, what are the things that we, what, how do we find this to be relevant? Mm-hmm. You know? Love so it. we went over to Israel. We were there for eight days. I mean, it was like nine days, including travel. We were there for eight days eating. We had 82 meals. Yeah. And then we came back and we were like, this is how we're going to break up the chapters these are the dishes that we want to do and we shot them yeah in my one bedroom apartment with like a crappy kitchen is that right yeah totally like because i wanted what we wanted to do is say well if we can't make it in our in this tiny little kitchen yeah because we're thinking about our friends in new york that have like no kitchen yeah well right yeah thank you sorry about that <laughs> our friends <laughs> move back to portland bro okay so we you know we wanted last to be time accessible. i interviewed you tried to get me to move to you were telling me trying to sell me on moving to philly i still think that's that another you should story. i mean i think that that's a that is separate but yeah. i i we want it to be accessible and we want uh-huh. it to be relatable and we want people to make this food which okay. we, we think is uh is totally doable totally easy and it's called israeli soul israeli it's soul. coming out in about a month yeah i think october 16th okay yeah great do you dope. enjoy do you enjoy the book process a lot of chefs find it you've been through it once now uh well so we did federal, having do, like was we did it much twice. easier we the did second federal time donuts as well oh, I'm and sorry, uh federal donuts, yeah, yeah and that was a little bit different i mean to be honest with you i have like a really brilliant um business partner steve who steve ends Cook. up writing all of it mm-hmm. and he is great and we have a whole and we have Dorothy Kalins who produced it and Don Morris who did page layout my good friend Mike Persico um, who shot everything so like we have a team of people it's a little bit uh, it is grueling yeah it is hard I mean we have full-time jobs like 13 sure. of them besides yeah. this yeah 
but it is fun and it's like special. I think, awesome. as you know. Yes. Listen, you hold your book in your hand and you see the things that you've processed, synthesized. Um, well, and, you know, and we have the same agent, David Black. Yeah. Um, who's not a publicity seeker. David, I'm sorry I mentioned you on the air. Dude, David but is as good as he gets. When David gets the first copy, he used to say this to me when a new copy of a book would come in. Yowza. The first one, yeah. he would call me Yowza, Yowza. but the first time he called me, my first nonfiction book, he said, I'm holding your book. And I said, how's it look? He got it my, his before I got mine. Yeah. And uh, he goes, it's a beautiful, bouncing baby book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but yeah. that is kind of what it feels like. Listen, dude. if you find yourself with David as your agent, you know that good things are going to happen. That is true. As good as it gets. All right. Well, on that note, thanks for coming in relatively early. Yeah. <laughs> for a food festival. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, for having and me. have a have a great uh, success with the uh, dinner. I'm sorry I won't be there, but I wish you all the best with that. I think we'll there'll probably be more of these in the future. I have a feeling there all will right. be. Great all right. Thanks, great Mike. You, good to see you.